are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. My subject today is boasting of his image or boast of his image. And my scripture verses are Sunnians 1, verses 1 through 12. So we're going to read those now. Okay? Sit up. Okay. You have scriptures yet? I'll start. He'll catch up. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica to you who belong to God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and your faithfulness in all the persecution and in all the hardships that you are suffering. And God will use this persecution to show his justice and to make you worthy of his kingdom, for which you are suffering. In his justice, he will pay back those who persecute you. And God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. He will come with his mighty angels in the flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with eternal destruction forever, forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. When he comes on that day, he will receive glory from his holy people, praise from all who believe. And this includes you, for you believed what we told you about him. So we keep on praying for you and asking God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give to you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of the Lord, our, of the Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the word of God today. So, in my Bible, it says, God, the godly character of the persecuted church. That's the heading that I had. And I just thought about that. I said, we're, we're going through a lot of things. I don't know if we've even moved into the place where we might get into as we stand for Christ, as the days get darker, and we have to be the salt and we have to be the light. Um, but he, he says this godly character, this is the godly character that he's praising in the Thessalonica church, of, um, that they were a persecuted church. This is his second letter to them, and um, he founded this church himself. He was only able to be in Thessalonica for a very short time because of the oppression that came against him, and he had to move on. But the Thessalonican church held on anyway, and they grow, grew to be a church that was alive, that was active and thriving in Christ Jesus. So here Paul commends them 
because of their patience and faith in very trying times. We are in very trying times, and God is calling us to patience and faith. So they were in a time of great tribulation and persecution, but he said they were thriving. And Paul also commends the work that God did in them. And though Paul had begun, um, begun this church, he could see by their love and their actions how the Thessalonican church was boasting in God. The persecution and tribulations faced by these, this church set the righteousness of God on display. The persecution and tribulations set the righteousness of God on display. Because when suffering is coupled with righteous endurance, God's work is being done. Much like a refiner's fire, the very hot fire that burns away the dross from the gold, bringing forth pure, precious metal. And in our case, the persecution is bringing forth in us God's image. So Paul prayed that the worthiness of Jesus might be accounted to the Thessalonican church. And I believe that prayer extends to us today. Jesus will be glorified in his saints, and his image will be seen in us, for he is our boast. Paul prayed in verses 11 and 12 of what we just read that God would count us worthy of his calling because we believed the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when the name of Jesus is glorified in us, representing his character and who he is, he becomes our boast. He alone is our source of glory and exaltation. And who we are in Christ Jesus is more important than who we are in anyone else. Who we are in Christ Jesus is more important than who we are in anyone else. Whom the son, I like that, that song was perfect. <laughs> so, and all of this happens according to the grace of God, according to his grace. So we're going to talk about the definition of boast. To boast is defined as to speak with excessive pride and satisfaction about one's achievements, possessions, and abilities. To boast is to possess features or a feature or features that are the source of pride. And to boast is to glory or to exult in. Now, usually when you're talking about yourself in the boast, that's kind of kind of negative connotation, you know, you're puffing yourself up. But when we're boasting in the Lord, it's a huge difference, a huge difference. Amen? So boasting of his image is actually we're boasting of his great attributes. We are boasting of what he has done for us. We are boasting of who and what he is. We are boasting of what he is doing right now and what he has promised. When we're doing this, this is our life. This is our life, to boast of him. So I had an Old Testament um, story or example. You guys have all heard this story. David and Goliath. Do we have, we haven't gotten any of them. Okay, <laughs> my thing's up there. There was a nice picture of David and Goliath, I thought. But anyway, 
Goliath of Gath and the Philistines boasted on Goliath's massive body, his great height, his great natural strength, and his fighting ability. Goliath boasted for 40 days what he would do to Israel's champion, and his boast was based on the natural, what you can see, what you can feel, what you can hear, all very intimidating. He boasted that his might, <clears throat> excuse me, his skill, his size would make quick work and a quick end to the boy David. We find this story in 1 Samuel 17, verses 32 to 51, if you'd like to read it later. You know, sometimes we hear the story and sometimes we forget the God details that are in the word. So sometime, just go back and check it out. Well, a few weeks ago, Mr. Bill Carpenter shared with us that we are king's kids. When you wake up in the morning, say, I'm a king's kid. What do you want me to do today? So I kind of had that in mind when I thought about David. And David got up and said, I'm a king's kid. What you want me to do today, God? And so David was beginning to boast in the things of the Lord, right? So David boasted in the Lord, speaking, first of all, to Saul. To Saul, he said, the Lord who rescued me who delivered me from the claw of the lion and the bear, will rescue me from this Philistine. Then later on, he boasted to Goliath himself in the battle. And this is what he said. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you. Did you hear what he said? Today, the Lord will conquer you. Then he said, then I will kill you. I will cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. He said that after he said, the Lord will conquer you. That was first. Then he said, everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and it is he who will give us to you. Something the Lord said to me when I was writing all this out, and I wrote at the top of the page here, he said, God's image, my image, was in David's heart and mind. God's image was in his heart and his mind, and we need to have that also. Continuing in the stories, we know David, strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, of course, that's Ephesians 6 and 10, he ran to the enemy. God guided the stone from David's sling to the exact spot on Goliath's forehead, which caused him to fall. And David cut off his head with Goliath's own sword. To God be all the glory is the boast. Bravery, skill, and ability in and through David all came from God. David fought Goliath to boast of God's greatness. He fought Goliath to boast of his image. Isn't that awesome and huge? I forgot one thing I wanted to share with you too. These are the other scriptures that God gave me to share with you today. I love them because they fall right in with the word that we're speaking today. From the Amplified, 
Philippians 4 and 13b. This is what it says. I can do all things which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I love this sentence. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I love that. I am ready for anything, and I'm equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. That's the Amplified, Philippians 4, 13b. He also gave me 1 Corinthians 1 and 3. As it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Which they said comes from the Old Testament scripture, Jeremiah 9 and 24. Let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. In these things, I, the Lord, delight. So the main focus that the Lord has given me from the scriptures he's given me is the boast is all about God. The boast is all about God. Amen. So our Old Testament story, David and Goliath, very good illustration of one who boasts in and of themselves or in, um, of what they think they have or they can do, or do we boast in the Lord our God? Our New Testament example is not a story, but it's a thing that we have. It's called the believer's authority. We have authority in Christ Jesus, um, in God through Christ Jesus, through what he has done for us. And the Lord says, we must know what belongs to us and we must walk in it. If you look at your sheet, I have these points written down for you also, and I wanted you to be able to take them home. We must know what belongs to us and walk in it. God expects us to know what belongs to us and to walk in it. As um, the Bible study ladies, we studied the book, The Believer's Authority by King um, Kenneth Hagin last year. It took the whole year. It's eight chapters, but there's so much in those eight chapters. And we recognized that we didn't know everything that belongs to us. And we didn't necessarily know how to correctly walk in what God thought, what God had already provided. That's the way I'll put it. So I'm going to go through the points we learned. We learned because of our position, the position our Father placed all of us believers in, after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, that we believers have great authority over our own sphere of influence and in the earth through Christ Jesus. We learned that all born-again Christians, all born-again Christians are seated with Christ, that's Ephesians 1.21, in heavenly places, Ephesians 4, I'm sorry, 2, 4 through 6, in heavenly places, the place of authority at God's right hand, far above all principality, power, dominion, and might. That is where we are seated, all right? When we're born again, that's where God sees us. God sees us there right now, and in God's mind, we are there. Why? 
because he put us there. So this is the part where we say we must know what belongs to us and how to walk in it. So when we talk about us believers being raised in Christ, that's Ephesians 2 and 1. When it talks about us believers seated with him in heavenly places, that's Ephesians 2, 5, and 6. I wanted to make sure we know the word because it's written in the word, it's explained so that we could understand. We learned that all authority and all power was given by God to Jesus Christ, which he, Christ, then delegated to all of us, his body. That's Matthew 28 and 18. We learned that authority is delegated power. When a policeman stands on a street and holds up his hands, the traffic stops. Why? Because he's strong like Goliath? No, because he has the power of government behind him. And when he holds up that hand, that's just not his hand. That's the government. We believers have God himself. He is the power behind all our authority. Luke 10, 19 says this, Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. We learn that this power and this authority must be perpetuated, it must be demonstrated, and it must be exercised in and through us, the body of Christ in the earth. Jesus is the head. He's in heaven. He's done his part. So now we are the body. And he says, I've given you the authority. Move. All right? Move out. All who believe will do these works. That's John 14, verse 12. We learned because God sees us seated with Christ at his right hand in heavenly places that God expects for us to deal with our problems with the authority he delegated to us through Christ Jesus. Now, we don't have to figure it all out by ourselves because he has given us Holy Spirit who lives in us. Be led by Holy Spirit. Listen to Holy Spirit. He will teach us. He will train us. He will guide us. He is there to help us to succeed in what God has given to us. So we ask him, Believe what God has said and then move out in it. Listen, this is what he taught us, and we were kind of shocked when he said that. It is not for God to do it, to deal with, some, with our problems. It is for us to do it in Jesus' name. And many times it does not get done at all because we don't do it. And so we were like, oh. So we get mad, God. Well, we cried out to you when we asked you, why? You do it. Jesus is saying, you do it. I gave it to you to do. But I don't know what to do. The Holy Spirit is there. He will walk you through it. You will not fail if you trust and walk. Now, you know, we make mistakes. That's okay. He's made provision for our mistakes. But we are to get up in that authority and power, the body, and do what we're called to do in the earth. Okay. The Lord says, you do something about it. It's so funny because we ask other people to help us all the time. Okay, if God's not going to help us, um, church, will you pray for me? Um, auntie, will you pray for me? Or let's pass a government rule to make sure that this happens. We do all kinds of other things when God says, I've given you the authority. 
You take care of it. So that was something we, how many nights we talked about that? We talked about that a few nights because we just kind of had to let that sink in, sink in. The Lord says you do something about it. And remember, Holy Spirit will help you. He's there to help you learn to move forward and succeed. We learned that faith is involved in exercising spiritual authority. Faith based on the word of God. So that means we trust what we hear from the Lord. We trust what it says in his word. We step out on it. Then he says this, hold fast in faith till the manifestation of what you are seeking from what you are um, praying for comes to pass. Sometimes it takes time. Don't give up because it didn't happen right away. Don't stop or, pre- oh, I, I'm, I'm on the wrong path. I just give up and go, no. If you know that you're going the way you feel the Holy Spirit's leading you, hold fast until it's done. Remember Jesus? I, what, when I thought about this, what came to my mind was Jesus praying for a man's eyes. And he said, how's it look? Hmm, I see men like trees walking. It wasn't done. So Jesus is going to say, yeah, great. You know, oh, man, I, this is not my day. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> what he's going to say is, come back. And he laid hands again. And then the man could see. So sometimes we have to take several tries maybe before we get there. But don't quit until the manifestation that you're seeking comes forth. And finally, we, this is not finally. This, this is the best that I can do to condense that book. If you ever get that book, there's so much in it. But the final thing I have to say today is we learned, we exercise spiritual authority over evil spirits and not people. We exercise spiritual authority over evil spirits and not people. That's very key. Uh, Ephesians 6 and 12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. All right? Therefore, put on the whole armor of God. All right? So as we are exercising our believer's authority in Christ Jesus in the earth, We are boasting on God's image. Wow. Isn't that awesome? So, believe it or not, in conclusion, (laughs) what is the Lord saying to us today? What does he want us to take from this teaching? We were created by God in his image. That's huge. We got that. Genesis 1. All right. In his image. God has provided all that we need to overcome and to thrive in this life. Okay? We're still learning. We're still growing. We don't have it all, but he has already provided it. And what did I say before? He is expecting us to know what, he's, um, what belongs to us. So we have to study the word, pray, listen to the Holy Spirit, and let him get us to that place because he's looking for us to overcome and thrive in this life. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says this, His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him, God, who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he granted to us his precious and very great promises, all right? So that through them, the precious and very great promises, 
you may become partakers of the divine nature, God's nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire, because that corruption pulls us away from that divine nature. I like that. That's a, definitely an Apostle Paul sentence. It's like four paragraphs in one <laughs> sentence. But believing, acting on, and living out those precious promises of God, we become what? Partakers of his divine nature, or we become partakers of his image. And thereby we are living in and boasting in his presence. By giving us his divine nature, Father God has made us sons and daughters, and he conforms us to the image of his own dear son. So as new creations in Christ Jesus, our lives are now hidden in Christ Jesus. That's Colossians 3 and 3. You want to know what that was? We are in Christ. We are self-sufficient. In Christ's sufficiency, I just wanted to say that again. And our life in Christ is now our boast as we boast of his image. Our life in Christ is our boast as we boast of his image. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, let us pray. Hallelujah, Lord. We want to thank you, Father God for creating us in your image. You have created us in your image, Lord God, although we don't fully understand it. By the Spirit of God, we're growing to understand it a little bit more and a little bit more every day as we seek your face. Please, Lord, open our understanding to this about us boasting in your image, about walking in this, as David walked in it, Lord God. Help us to understand how to walk fully in the authority that you've given us as believers and sons and daughters in Christ Jesus. May your image be in our heart and mind, as you told me it was in David's heart and mind. And Lord, be glorified. Be glorified in us every day. As we pray this, Father, we believe we receive it manifested, and we give you all glory and honor, all blessings and thanks. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.